Philosophy Friday. Looking forward to this. Thanks for joining me. Okay, Philosophy Friday. Thanks for joining me again. And um, we're wanting to just do a bit of a a mishmash of things today. Um, I've got something in mind. Um, in that I wanted to just, um, I remembered, I think, uh, Nick Cleveland and I did do something on this and it got, you know, we lost the recording or something like that. So I can't actually remember to be honest, and I haven't really got the time to go back and, and search through the archive. So I just thought I'll, I'll do this again, just in case, cause I, I thought we did make a great point at some stage about, um, presuppositional apologetics and, um, classical apologetics, and I think we went into that in a fair bit of detail. Um, I won't try and redo exactly what we said, but I did just want to make a specific recommendation with regard to uh, a a book that brings all of these things together very nicely, Um, and a book that if you don't know about, you should know about, uh, a great work on apologetics and philosophy. In in fact, he does, um, uh, the guy I'm talking about is Douglas Grutes, um, and uh, he is, I believe, the uh, professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he wrote, he's written a whole bunch of books, but one of the, I think it, what you, it'd be fair to call his magnum opus, uh, is entitled Christian Apologetics, A Comprehensive Case for Biblical Faith. And he is coined or tuned in at least to um a method he calls the cumulative case method, where you just basically bring in the best of apologetics from every angle and put it together in a systematic approach. So it's a very uh, beneficial read for anyone, you know, coming at it from the more traditional presuppositional uh, reformed sort of approach, or, uh, or let me say, it, the more reformed approach in presuppositional apologetics and uh, the more traditional classical approach. Um, or even the evidentialist will, will profit from that read. So um, I wanted to recommend that book to you. And one of the things just um, uh, that he does so well, and one of the reasons I'd recommend it, and I'll, by the way, put this on the blog, so as is usual, um, I think you can only get it in hardcover, unfortunately. I think that's the, you have to just fork out the dough and buy the book. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, if you did want to go and buy it, uh, click the link and um, it'll take you to Amazon and um, that's one of the places you can get it. Anyways, the reason I think it's a great book is because it just brings together um, so much of what is often seen as contradictory. Um, let me read to you what he says, uh, what, what the Amazon page says about this. The Christian worldview presupposes, oh sorry, the Christian, the Christian worldview proposes answers to the most enduring human questions. But are those answers reliable? In this systematic text, Douglas Grutes makes a comprehensive apologetic case for Christian theism, proceeding from a defense of objective truth to a presentation of the key arguments for God from natural theology to a case for the credibility of Jesus, the incarnation and resurrection throughout Grutes considers alternative views and how they fare intellectually. All right, so that gives you a little bit of a description, but it's probably not uh, exactly the angle I was going for. Um, what I loved about it, uh, even in the opening uh, sort of section, was the way that he he considers uh, the presuppositional debate in apologetics 
um, and does so in a very Schaeferian way. Uh, Francis Schaeffer was in some ways a presuppositional apologist, but didn't, I think, fall prey to the more extreme um, ends of that. In that when we talk about presuppositional apologetics, and if you're just dialing in and this is your first sort of go at any of this, apologetics is just an, a defense of the faith. Um, presuppositional apologetics are just a they're a kind of a it's a kind of apologetic, a kind of defense where you don't necessarily want to lay all the evidence down to try and win someone over to your um, correct view, starting from what is pretended to be an objectively neutral position, uh, you know, as if you can both put your beliefs on hold and just kind of reason through the case until you eventually find the winning argument and then believe that argument. Um, I think presuppositional apologetics is a bit more realistic than that, in that uh, at least everyone acknowledges there are presuppositions in view. Everyone's presupposing their own belief. The question then becomes... Um, which presupposition holds in light of the way uh, the world works and, and just as you then take that worldview and allow it to intersect with the reality that we experience. Um, and and so less concerned to argue for, um, to win someone over to that uh, worldview, the presuppositionalist is more presupposing that worldview of Christianity, presupposing the existence of God in the Bible and saying, listen, we're not trying to win you to theism necessarily. We're not trying to, you know, slowly and surely get you up to the point where you, you know, now you believe in God. Now let's get you to believe in the real God who is Jesus. No, presuppositional uh, apologetics just simply starts off with, hey, the Bible is true. This is what we've presupposed coming into this argument. Here's why we feel it holds up. Um, and obviously that's a gross oversimplification of everything, but that basically hopefully gets you on the same page. And um, and then, you know, hopefully if the atheist in debate is honest, uh, they'll go, okay, well, we're presupposing this as well. Let's see if our presuppositions uh, work uh, as we test it against reality. Um, and then, of course, there is, uh, there is place for um, considering the evidences of Christianity, but you're not... Oh, that would have been more traditionally uh, considered the evidences, the resurrection, etc. But they're not, you're not putting the weight on that uh, quite in the same way that you would um, if you were an evidentialist uh, who is basically saying, okay, let's go into this thing neutral and let me win you with the hard facts that I'm going to kind of prove to you. Um, now, anyway, so it seems like one of, one of the big growing debates within uh, Reformed theology is that these two approaches are totally, you know, apart from one another. And in some senses, they are. Uh, you know, you're going to choose to be an evidentialist or an, a, a presuppositional apologist um, or a classical apologist. I'm not even going into the details there. And that's different as well. But but what he does is he says, and I love his approach, he says, listen, you, you need to think of it more as offensive and defensive than two contradictory approaches. Um, when we're talking about anything that um, relates to those uh, initial worldview-oriented kind of truth claims, uh, really at the end of the day, you've got, you, you, a Christian has to have a presuppositional approach. Also, a lot of it, um, you know, is an evidentialist uh, approach to faith is really never going to get you all the way over the line of faith, as it were, there's going to be some sense in which you, 
you're only ever going to get yourself to an 80% probability mark and you'll never be able to actually believe as you should. And Whereas, uh, you know, if you simply uh, trust the Lord completely and utterly that his word is true and allow that faith to work itself out in reason, it's a different, it's a different approach. But what he's saying is, is you need to um, see all the presuppositional argumentation involved in apologetics as as a defensive line of reasoning. Um, no one can attack you at that level because they themselves have presupposed uh, their own worldview. And no one comes into it objectively neutral. So uh, as a defensive tactic, that, 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 is, that place is secure. The offensive side is then going to move more into the evidentialist side of things in that you're, you're not simply content to leave it at a, hey, I have presupposed uh, the Christian worldview. I feel that that's valid. I've, I've validated my reasoning process there. Um, uh, it's at least acceptable in the, in the fact that no one does not presuppose their own worldview. Um, but we're not content to leave it at that. We want to win you over to see uh, the the reality of the Christian worldview, and uh, and so not only are you going to take a normal line of reasoning for a Christian apologist, uh, at least sorry, a presuppositional apologist, in that you're going to show the that you have the basis for, uh, for things like morality, uh, logic, love, just everything that we take for granted in our worldview. Uh, Christians can show that they indeed have a basis for it, but you're going to move beyond that point in saying that while I'm not threatened uh, by any opposing worldview, um, I do want to win that worldview over with these above and beyond um, offensive um, tactics in, in, in showing and pointing to the, the, the very, very historically monumental moment of the resurrection and how that has to weigh into anyone's thinking about history. Um, that The existence of the church is another big one. The eyewitnesses of the apostles. Um the eyewitness, at least, of the apostles. I mean, there's just uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in terms of an evidentialist apologetic. Uh, you do need to think about error and uh, archaeological evidence at that level, and you know, proving that the Bible is um, uh, makes claims that it can substantiate and, and can be substantiated. Um, and so, there is a place for all of that. Uh, but you're not seeing it as against a presuppositional approach. You're seeing it more as a offensive versus defensive. Now, I know that any purist on either side of that camp will, will not be entirely satisfied with that. Um, but at least gets, I, I think it gets us thinking in a way that's genuinely helpful. What I often said, and I think what Nick and I have spoken about in the past, is that at the end of the day, when you hit the street and you start talking to people, everyone becomes uh, a kind of, everyone takes this method anyway. You just use what, what, what is going to work in that conversation. And different tactics will be used you know, for different people. If someone's not convinced of the reality of truth itself, then obviously evidences and uh, things are a little bit, you know, you have to start with the, the notion of truth. Um, if someone is already convinced of a theistic worldview, it might well be helpful just to point them in, di- in the direction that, that shows them the the way that the Christian faith is entirely unique and the resurrection uh, points to the objective historicity of the faith and all of these things. So um, anyways, bottom line is, if you want to uh, look more into apologetics, it is one of the best uh, overview apologetic works, um, I think, out there at the moment. Um, 
He's just done a great job in putting it all together systematically. And, you know, his approach is let's just, let's just use it all in a nice systematic way, a cumulative case. Uh, let's not take any overly simplistic approaches. Let's just embrace the whole thing. Let's embrace the, bre- the best of classical, the- uh, classical apologetics, the best of uh, presuppositional apologetics, the best of evidentialist apologetics. Let's put it all together and um, let's, let's point people to the hope that we have and the reason for that hope. Um, so with that said, I'm going to leave you, uh, with that thought for this philosophy Friday. We'll probably be back with Nick next Friday, but, uh, hopefully that'll get you in some reading in the meantime. Bless you.